It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Clip in, set yourself free. Come on and take a ride with me. Know what you need to know and what's it all about. Welcome to the Clip Out, episode 99. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Uh, our special guest this episode should have been Barbara Felden. <laughs> Why? Because she played Agent 99 on Get Smart. Oh, silly me. She's also like 87 years old. Actually, I think she just turned 86, which is funny all by itself. Because she's got 86. No, because that was Maxwell Smart's agent number. He oh, was Agent 86. I know nothing she about these things. And she was supposed to be Agent 69. And then they had to cut that. But the network was like, yeah, yeah no. we're not dumb. You're not <laughs> doing that. So you can tell the show was created by Mel Brooks. <laughs> yeah. And Buck Henry. So anyway, we don't have Barbara Feldman on this week, but we do have answers. We have answers to the most, uh, I think, the important question that's been burning up the Internet. Yep. Which I'm sure I don't have to tell you, which is how do people in St. Louis cut a bagel? Yeah, big news this week, guys. Big news. And and so we have reporters on the ground. Let's throw it to me. (laughs) Thanks, you. No problem, me. Looking very sexy today. Right back at you. What's this I hear about bagels? I don't really eat them. I think they're kind of dry and gross. Okay, back to me. Yeah, that sounds like a report from you. I'm glad I could clear that up. I've never seen anybody cut a bagel that way. For people that don't know, there's a thing going on, on the internet that somebody in St. Louis showing that they cut the bagels as it, like imagine if you had like a hard boiled egg slicer, but for bagels, that's how like in little tiny strips. Yeah, and I feel like I need to jump in here because since people are so passionate about it, so I originally said that's not a thing because it's not a thing. I've never seen a bagel slicer that goes up and down like that. Now I have seen and. This is this is my confusion. Right. They do have bagel slicers at all bagel places. But that slice, slices it in half. No, they, they they have another one, and it's at an angle like this. And you put the okay, so they can't see my hand, but it's sloping. Right. It's sloping at a certain angle because I don't know yeah. angles. But it has like you you throw it in the top of this machine, and gravity right. pulls it down because it's like a kinda, slide, kind of like a roast beef slicer. Yeah, but when you put it in, like it like holds on to it and then shaves off the things, so it does it yeah. in an angle. Okay, uh, and so whenever it comes out, they're thin. Yeah, but they're at an angle, and so they look more like um like a potato chip, but like thicker than a potato chip, and but they're nicer. Like the one that's in the picture that everybody shows is like it looks like somebody just took like a bread knife and like mashed the hell right. out of it. But that's not what they use in the bagel store. So I was confused because I I have seen bagels that are right. cut, which apparently. Is quite offensive to anyone who lives in New York Because New York owns bagels Well, I mean, they kind of do I, I understand they do yeah. But it, that's that's why it's offensive Because they don't do that They just slice it in half Right, like I a thought, normal human being Right, well, I thought everybody had the option Like, I hardly ever see anybody actually slice it The way that you can I used to work at a grocery store We sold bagels like crazy And I, like, I've I never only saw seen that it, I've only seen it at Panera I've never But I've, it's not like I go to a lot of bagel stores Because 
Bagels aren't that big of a deal here. Right. It's like you either eat them or you don't. It's usually like for a meeting and you go and you order them. Every great once in a while, I order. I ordered when my daughter was really young. I would order one for her. And I did get the slices, guys. I got the slices because you know what? They're awesome for little kids. They're like bagel chips. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know this will shock no one, but uh, more of a donut guy. Yeah. Everybody saw that one coming. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I've never... Seen a bagel cut like that in my life Yeah I've only seen it at Panera But it is very common they are, Those slices and don't are, get me started about Panera I know I know for oh, people that oh don't dear know, god here we go They need I, to know oh, they need to know the shame of the city uh, So Panera started In St. Louis in St. Louis it's Called the St. Louis Bread Company And then when they took it Nationwide we weren't good enough And they changed the name Panera and I am insulted so There that's everything you need to know about St. Louis bagels also don't Eat our pizza it's disgusting So (laughs) only only emos is Disgusting not all pizza well No but like that's kind of like St. Louis Style pizza and it's like it's It's gross so what do you have In store for people (laughs) well now That we've got the bagel debacle covered Yes Uh, well then we can talk about Another debacle the purge Uh, We're going to talk about all of the Things that are associated with the purge there's just a whole Bunch yes. so we'll get there uh, we're gonna Get an update we have a couple of instructor Updates one for Olivia one for Maddie We've got homecoming details To, to discuss we have uh, New Peloton videos to discuss We have uh, an update on DJ John Michael uh, new challenges Community highlight that I think We should talk about because it was actually something nice That happened on the OPP and there's I'm, Very little I'm sorry that was my trick here It mm-hmm. sounded like you said something, something nice. nice yes on yes. the OPP Mm-hmm our OPP That's the one Okay And of course we have Our awesome interview With Lisa Goldman Awesome Well before we do that Shameless plugs Don't forget We're available on Apple Podcasts You can go there Rate, review, subscribe We have a new review Oh This is from GR Martin <laughs> Not not George R.R. R. Martin No See, I got excited there For just a second You went George R.R. R. Martin yeah. And I just went Of Game of Thrones fame And yes. I went George Martin Who is Producer of the Beatles And so uh, I was like Yeah we had two different But very I'm pretty different. sure That one's dead So mm-hmm. I Mine mine might be Before we ever get The ending to the books Well and I think It's a pretty safe bet That George R.R. R. Martin Doesn't write a Peloton Yeah I think yeah. that's fair So uh, anyway G.R. Martin says How have I just heard about you Wonderful <laughs> podcast For all things Peloton I'm so thankful To have found you This will certainly Make my commute Much more enjoyable And here's just to confirm That it's not George R.R. R. Martin Leaderboard name is Pello Beach Mama <laughs> I feel like it's a pretty safe I bet I think it's a very safe yeah. bet Thank you Yes thank you very much And uh, also don't forget You can find us on Facebook Facebook.com Slash the clip out Go there And uh, like the page Join the group And you can stay up to date On things throughout the week And uh, we try to keep it A little bit calmer Than the OPP So if that's getting Too much for you You need a little stress Relief but you still want your Peloton News come on come on in the water's Fine that's right so uh, I guess That's all of that Uh, let's dig in shall we Yes it's time For news of the Peloton Like a drunk sorority girl (laughs) Peloton has Been purging this week (laughs) Tis true I don't know If if uh, if you have an Internet delivery device you Might have seen this uh, I think there's been a post or two in uh, Just, just to a it. couple There's been a couple I mean not a ton You know but but yeah I um, If I was going to go with something cataclysmic I, I think I would have lent 
leaned more in the direction of the day the music died. I think that would have been great, but the purge caught on pretty dang quick. Well, you know, it's shorter, so there's something to be said for for brevity. It, it's true. You know? Yeah. So, obviously, uh, there's a list of like a thousand songs, but the problem is that if that song is even one song in a 20, 30, 40 minute playlist... The whole thing. whole class has got to go. And so, uh, at least for the time being, you saw a significant reduction in the number of on-demand classes. There's still quite a few. There's like, what, 4,000, 4,300, something yeah, like that? Yeah, uh, I think we're up to, to 4,500. Okay. It's somewhere between 43 and 4,500. Right. Um, and obviously, they're producing new classes daily. I don't know if you know that or not. They produce it, new classes really? daily. I, you yeah. know, judging by all of the brouhaha I have seen over it, I did not know. In fact, I thought they were going to stop making them all together. <laughs> <laughs> some of the comments have been outrageous, yes. although some have been humorous. One of my favorite humorous ones was that they just needed a Peloton house band. <laughs> and uh, and that um, and I believe you're you're. Band's name was perfect. The Pelotones. I mean, it was obvious. So that was funny to me. But yeah, I don't even know what to say here. Uh, I, I guess I should address the fact that I understand why people are upset. I sure, mean, it is. It was sixty-five percent of the catalog. Yeah, it, they took a big hit. That there's no getting around that. There isn't, and it sucks, and it's terrible to have that much taken. You know, people are upset about things like their milestone rides. They're upset that hey. Uh, that ride I did in studio where I got an amazing shout out. It's it's gone. I right. mean, it may not be gone, but chances are it's gone. Right. Because if you look at how many rides are available out of your history, some have as little as 20% left. And it and just depends on who you ride with, how bad it got taken down. And so, my guess is, too, if you like a certain type of music, that was probably you. You tend to ride those classes over and over again. So if that. If an affected artist is in that genre, they're going to pop up a lot. So if you really lean towards a genre, you're going to take a harder hit. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the instructors that got hit, the instructor that got hit the worst was Alex Toussaint. Uh, he had 645 r- rides removed, which was 70% of his catalog. So, you know, if you listen to songs that Alex plays, yeah, you got hit hard. Um, and then the next the next one down, I want to make sure I got it right because there's a ton of here the next one was cody 538 rides removed which was 61 percent of his catalog and next was hannah marie corbin with 534 at 57 percent of hers and then then just king 520 53 percent so uh and and the list goes on i mean that was just that was just the top four right so first of all it's been it's been disheartening to watch people who say how loyal they are to Peloton say such negative things. Right. Like, I understand that they are frustrated. What saddens me is that um, there is this sense that some people put out in their messaging that Peloton did this on purpose right. or that we're, we're like just really dumb and just didn't care. And we're going to. Yeah. yeah. And, and some people firmly believe that that Peloton could have avoided this entire thing. And I personally do not feel that that's possible. I I feel like I feel like that this is super complex and I think it's oversimplifying things to think that that they could have had this all wrapped up. I mean, I think that they were negotiating in good faith. And and the truth is none of us have, will ever know. Right. I mean, it, you know, it's Peloton's it's Peloton's thing and we're we're not part of the company and I you know, that's the other thing. We're all so passionate about Peloton that I think we all feel like, hey, Peloton, you need to be as transparent as possible. But one, they they can't talk about this lawsuit openly. Right. And and two, it's 
it's not our company. They don't have to tell us every decision they make or why they make it. Yeah. And I think people forget that sometimes. Well, I think they have a very intimate relationship with the bike, which is part of what makes it so popular. Absolutely. But it's also, you know, people can turn on a dime, as you're saying. Yeah, it's it's been sad. Uh, it's been really sad to me. I mean, we've had we've had the whole gauntlet. We've had people making fun of it. We've had people um, saying they're going to file a class action lawsuit. Um, yeah, I, t- I mean, again, not a lawyer, <laughs> but they didn't promise you a certain song, and you still hear tons of music that you know and love. Like it's not like they've switched to playing "Pop Goes the Weasel" for every ride. No. You know, there's there are tons of good music out there. There yeah. are tons of good songs out there. And for the record, for anybody that thinks that, like, I just don't understand how upset you are. I do. Guys, my milestone rides are gone, too. I, I have ridden in the studio and I live a lot further away than than, than <laughs> some of, of people, you. Yeah. I mean, some people live in New York and get to go all the time. I don't. Not one of those people. So when I get to go, it's I that's very special to me. And I. All of my rides are gone. They're all gone. So you're not alone. I do get that, but but I have faith. Hey, there's going to be more. Right. And if we get really lucky, they'll come back. But but I don't I don't feel strongly that they're going to come back because I think that depends on timing. If we get this settled really quick, maybe. But if it takes eighteen months, by that eh. point, they will have accumulated so many more rides that for their on demand library that it might seem kind of not worth it. Plus, they kind of always keep the ride count at 10,000 ish. Yeah, it used to be 8,000 and then yeah. it climbed up to 10,000. And I think that's because of tread being added and yoga being added. I right. think they would have kept that 10, that eight number had it not been for the additional ones. And and speaking of, the tread got hit pretty hard. You know, I mean, I know a lot of us are bike users because there's so many more bikes than there are tread, right. but the tread catalog got hit hard. I mean, <laughs> there are four 60 minute runs left. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Four Count them (laughs) And uh, most of us Have taken all four of those So um, Yeah It's It's brutal You know But it's temporary They're going to keep Making the rides And the runs And the yoga I mean I don't think Yoga got hit at all Because they don't play They don't play any of the things Affected Just like rainforest noises I don't know that it's all that But I think it's I think it's things That are on major publishers Or their Their indie labels That they already had agreements with Right So they're not affected And I guess we ought to mention That you know We did have a, a statement Release from John Foley this week I don't know if we want to read that word for word What do you think it was pretty long yeah it was Pretty lengthy but he I mean honestly He basically kind of uh, confirmed A lot of what we were theorizing On the last episode which is They were in negotiations with this company And negotiations fell through and so They decided to go to legal route and They realized that there are lots of rides Missing and that they're gonna Do everything they can to restore this and That they have lots of deals in place And you're still going to hear good music, good big hit records. It's not just going to be a bunch of no names or, you know, you're not going to hear a bunch of cover bands trying to do songs like on some of those Spotify channels. And last week, everybody was worried the cost was going to go up. Right. No one cares about that this week. They just want their rides back. But last week they cared. And right. last. And, and so he did. A, he did say that while while this is you're going to notice this in the near term, I can assure you this will not affect your experience or the cost of our service or access to the kind of music you're used to hearing behind our instructors in the thousands of classes in our library. So there. Yeah, <laughs> that's that. Yeah. So in the short term, just keep checking as rides start to repopulate with 
currently approved music. Try to think of it as an opportunity to try different songs, different instructors doing different things. The instructors are getting really creative. So, I mean, there there is an upside to it that you're not going to hear the same song, especially if it's one you didn't like. Yeah. Like there's some new options out there. <laughs> so, you know, try to try to make the most of it. I know it's frustrating. None of us know exactly what's going to happen, but let's let's remember that we all got this bike or this tread or both for one reason, and that was to work out. And we still can do that. And we're going to all get through this. And Peloton has always made things right. So let's not forget that that is the truth. That is the fact. Hang in there, guys. So big news from Matty Majakmo. Huge news. I'm so proud of him. He, he's he been there, gosh, I, I mean... Like 45 minutes. Yeah. He hasn't even ha- been there long enough to play a song to get pulled. And now he has a brand new title. So I think his new job description is that any song they don't have the license to, he's just going to hum it. That's a great job description. Yeah. Maddie is officially director of fitness programming for Peloton. Or that. How exciting. And I, I asked him, I said, oh, so so what exactly does this mean? So I got a uh, I got a. PR approved response I think I'm gonna guess this means That like if he catches Somebody with a donut he gets to Smack it right out of their hand well I don't know about that but he's definitely making sure That they never slice bagels <laughs> Like they do in St. Louis it's New York I don't think they were in any danger of that occurring Okay besides all of those Things yes he also he Says I will be working with Robin and our Leadership team across all programming Sectors that's cycling tread And yoga to drive more Effective and entertaining content To members like you that's what he said Awesome well, so can, that's can, Really cool yeah that is very quick A very quick ascent yeah Well Maddie is pretty awesome So been calling it for a while that he's pretty amazing. So congrats to Maddie Majacomo. Absolutely. So Olivia's uh, first book club has commenced. Yes, it was the other night. Uh, So it would have been Wednesday night. And, you know, that was her first big live on Facebook. And so nobody was sure how it was going to go. Went great. Tons of people showed up. Tons of people read the four agreements and there was a lot of discussion. So it went really well. There will be another one. Awesome. Because it went well. And uh, it's going to be Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. That's a very popular book. That was just on sale on Kindle the other day for like $1.99. Wish I had known that. I already own it. Yeah. So, and, 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 and then my understanding is if that goes well, they're going to do the second Rachel Hollis book after that and then switch to something that is fiction. So, ah, so wh- uh, which uh, which part does she wash in the second book? Oh, she doesn't wash anything in the second one. She says, oh. girl, stop apologizing. Oh, I see. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not a girl. <laughs> so I can apologize. So there's a whole plan there. And uh, we're very excited for Olivia. She's really awesome. And she's been doing a great job on the bike, too. So. Very excited for her Homecoming is just around the corner It is So it's coming up the first weekend in May I want to remind everyone to make sure you have your clocks set March 29th, 12pm Eastern All of the schedule of classes that will be available over homecoming weekend Will be on the website Dun, dun, dun. Now you can't sign up yet You can't sign up until Tuesday, April 2nd at noon Eastern and that will be available at homecoming.onepeloton.com. So uh, just a reminder, you can only have, there's six different options available of things that you can do. And you can only have one class. Just don't forget that. I won't. Okay. Take a class. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> 
I guess that means I get two, even though they'll probably tell me I can't. We'll see. We'll uh, draw a goatee on you with a Sharpie. I'm totally doing that. Yeah. And if you're going to homecoming, there's a fun thing going on Thursday night. There is. The only tribe party that I have heard about is happening on Thursday night. It's going to be the JSS tribe party. And uh, Jen Sherman will not be there uh, because she's not allowed to be. But... um, They will be having a party I believe it's 8pm If you're interested in that party If there's even tickets still available You need to join the tribe And go check it out It'll be a lot of fun And if someone else has another event or activity That we don't know about Yeah I know a lot of the tribes were plant. They're planning things So if you guys have your plans Kind of set And you want to talk about them On the podcast Please send it to us We are happy to pass that message Along to everybody So I would love to know that And be able to share with everybody Absolutely Or you can join us on Thursday At Be More Chill Yeah you could do that too (laughs) Peloton released some Recruitment videos this week Yeah they were pretty Dang amazing I just saw the one Uh, Both of them were really good They they have a lot of heart To them They're very emotional videos And uh, it's great to see All of the different employees Working there Yeah Uh, And it's also great to see uh, The first one that came out Was was like talking about All of the different facets Of Peloton You know from Warehouse or doing the logistics side of things to the technical side, you know, the engineering side, sales, etc. And I really enjoyed that one because it shows inner workings of the Peloton building, the corporate office. You right. actually can see where a, they work. And a little peek behind the scenes. Yeah. I, I mean, you even get to see like the room they're designing. Like, so you can see like little tread, you know, you get like little screenshots of the tread and how right. they were designing that. And then the second one is all about women in technology, kind of like directed at women for engineering side. And uh, it's very powerful. And, and Nimmers, Nimmers Stern is the one who produced it. And Nimmers is in the Road Riders group. And uh, we actually had the opportunity to meet him when we were there last year because he was helping out with the production of the all of the event last year when we did our interview with John Foley. Okay. Um, and so he was there. And but so I really think I'd remember a name like Nimmers. I honestly, I don't know if you got to meet him. I okay. I met him when we went to the bike studio And I believe um, I think it was Megan Yarnall Because she knows everybody And if she doesn't She will talk to them And know them shortly Which I love about her I wish I could be more like that Uh, But she like grabbed me And was like You need to meet Nimmers And next thing I know I met Nimmers So (laughs) So I don't know that you actually Got to meet him But he was there that night And he was doing all of the production So for the Peloton side of things And so uh, It's a really cool video And if you haven't gotten a chance to see it you need to go check it out they are both posted at the facebook.com slash the clip out if you're not part of the clip out group and you would still like to see it you could you could watch it on youtube if you wanted to but you would be a loser (laughs) and probably the second biggest scandal of the last seven days has found a peaceful (laughs) resolution yeah i'm pretty sure they just gave us this one because it was such bad news on the other front (laughs) but dj john michael has his microphone back Woo! It is very big news and and it starts to uh, it starts on March 29th his his Friday ride to kick off the weekend he's going to be able to have his mic back so Whew. yeah they need to keep that guy happy cuz i'm i'm just predicting there's a lot of remixes in your future <laughs> <laughs> that's Good point, Tom. <laughs> they were like, on second thought, TJ John Michael, you're really nice. And could you come over here and help? 
make row 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 your boat sound really cool put a dance mix in there <laughs> drop that beat <laughs> and since spring is here so is a new spring challenge it is and believe it or not this comes with its own controversy well because it would be boring otherwise yeah thank god for all these controversies what would we talk about <laughs> I, I could talk about not a controversy um so the spring challenge is starting in april and it's very similar to the winter challenge you do 30 days of anything uh so it can be a tread workout it can be meditation it can be yoga it can be uh something on the bike so you have anything to pick from. So what's the controversy? Well, does the digital workout count? Does it not? And I mean, the winter one, it counted. Right. I can tell you that. But for some reason, somebody sent an email and it was a, one of our lovely listeners who posted about this on the Clipout group. Uh, she sent a message because there was confusion. The email said one thing and the announcement said another. Oh, and so one of them leads you to believe that you can use digital content. The other one leads you to believe you cannot. And so she she messaged customer support or customer service to ask the clarification. And uh, after going back and forth about 15 times, they decided, no, it does not count. I honestly don't believe that that's true. <laughs> I, I think that it's a first line customer service manager. They don't always get the accurate right. information they should be getting uh, through no fault of their own. And uh, I don't believe that that's true. I think it's going to be just like the winter one. So we're going to find out on April 1st and see who's right or wrong. But for now, don't give up. There's too much negativity right now. Yeah. So just hop on there and do something. And at the end of the day, you worked out. That's what you're here for. I know, but if you don't get that badge, I man, if you don't get if you yeah if you don't get the badge. Uh, a lot of people don't know this. All the calories come right back. That's exactly what happens. Now, what is this complete and utter fabrication you've put forth about something? Pleasant happening on the OPP To be honest I couldn't make this up If I tried I'm not that creative But uh, we have A post from Megan Lee Who posted and tagged Nathan Erickson And they posted this on March 23rd They are engaged What's so special about that I mean we have a lot of Peloton sure. people who are engaged yeah. They met through Peloton Oh, They didn't know each other at all And they met on the Peloton Facebook page and met each other, rode together. The Megan is actually engaged and moving across the country from Minnesota to Arizona to start their life together. That's amazing. That is amazing. So y'all can say what you want about Peloton because y'all crabby right now, but they <laughs> they got two people together. They're having a life. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm very happy for them. So you have to post that on the OPPP. What is that? I'll let you decide. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I want to. Oh, And we did not tease this in the opening of the show because we have late breaking news. It actually, this news broke while we were recording. Yes. uh, Well, I was told about it while we were recording. I don't know when it was posted. Okay. But to be fair... It was it was sent to me while we were recording okay. right here in St. Louis. Uh, this was sent to me by one of one of our St. Louis listeners, which we don't have a ton of. There so that's pretty great. Megan Belstein. Uh, she she posted that. OK, I'm going to take you guys back on a little journey. We had the whole XXL tribe fiasco that happened a few weeks back. It was a few episodes back where um, she posted about how somebody from the XXL tribe got made fun of and they were called fat. And it was terrible And and then Tom kind of got on a soapbox And got really mad and said some things And 
Well, it's the same person who originally posted that. It's Rochelle. Rochelle has been talking to Peloton about making sizes that are more diverse, you know, so they have a wider spectrum of sizes. Apparently, Peloton is taking this very seriously and they want to do it. Their big concern is are the larger sizes or the smaller sizes, whatever they're doing, you know, the the range, the new range, is that going to sell? And so Rochelle wants to get the message out there to everybody if if you are thinking about buying larger size clothes, like if that's something that you would be doing and Peloton puts your size out there, go buy it. Support this. Because if if we don't show, hey, we're going to buy these items, then they won't keep stocking them. One so and we, done. We got to show them that, that it's important to us, not just through words, but actions. Because, hey, actions speak louder than words. Yes, you vote <laughs> with your dollars. That's right. So show them how important it is. Because I know I hear this all the time, too, that people are very frustrated. There's not enough variety. So with sizing. So get out there and show them. When that happens And as soon as we hear The new line is coming out And I don't know This could be months And months away There's no dates Associated with this We have no idea What the lead time is Right But but when that moment happens I will make sure That I report it here As soon as As soon as If you're looking to avoid carbs It's always a challenge Trying to find bread That fits in With your keto lifestyle Right Because you want to make sure That it tastes good And you want to make sure It has good ingredients So I think Hero Bread Does both Especially when you're In the store You are overwhelmed With bread Choices yes and I've Had other breads before that claim to have Low net carbs and you are Certainly sacrificing taste Texture size yes None of that with hero bread no because Sometimes on the ones that have The low net carbs they have Like no substance To it (laughs) it's like eating air it Is and hero bread Actually Really tasted good And it felt like A solid piece of bread Like I did not feel Like I was Giving up Something I was surprised At how big Each slice of bread was Here's the real test Of a piece of bread (laughs) I didn't make a sandwich With these I just had toast Which you love Because you have toast Almost every day I do It was the (laughs) best Textured bread Of this sort That I've ever had And if you're doing the math It's zero to one grams Of net carbs Zero gram sugar And high in fiber so don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? <laughs> well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away 100 or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, and they also come in like a million different colors and styles for your $25 you're not sacrificing comfort safety or style if you want to support the show and pick up a pair gooder is giving the clip out listeners free shipping on their first order just go to gooder.com slash tco that's g-o-o-d-r.com and use code tco to get free shipping gooder offers a 30 Day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. Possible. Checking in with the Peloton community. 
So uh, joining us today via Skype phone is Lisa Goldman. Hey, Lisa, how's it going? Great. Glad to talk to you guys. I feel like a celebrity. <laughs> you have a very low bar for feeling like a celebrity. De- definitely, definitely. But we're glad to have you. Yeah, here. I won't take it. But. <laughs> so uh, I, I always start with the question: How did how did you find Peloton? So um, it was a little bit convoluted. I I had taught spin classes and other fitness classes for about seven years. And as part of that, because I'm totally uh, anal type A person, I had bought an old Kaiser spin bike to have in my house to prep classes before I taught. And then I got sick, which I'm sure we'll get into later. And and it and I wasn't able to teach anymore and I wasn't able to do hardcore spin classes for myself for a while. So the bike just sat in the corner gathering dust. And then as I started to feel better, I I'd get on it um, and work out some, but I wasn't terribly entertained or motivated. And I didn't want to go back to the gym because everybody knew me there and I felt sort of on display. So it, I was sort of in this unsatisfied factory place with my bike and my workouts and then a friend who I've never met in person but you guys or some people out there might recognize her um her ID it's Fit Foodie her name her name is also Lisa Herzog Cohen um oh yeah definitely she, yeah she she had posted and this was back in like early 2017 that she was using the app that she had gone on to Amazon and ordered a sunny bike and was going to try out this app. And she was really loving it. And I thought, Oh, you can do, I, I'm not even sure if I had heard of Peloton, but it never occurred to me to use it on my bike and seeing her posting about it. I did. So I started out as an app writer and I immediately loved it. And, um, and then she went and bought the actual bike and then I started coveting it, but wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't ready to make the purchase. So I actually had over 200 rides as an app writer before I finally took the plunge and, and made the purchase. And that was um, just in on Black Friday last year. So wow. I'm rel- so- relatively new to having the, the bike, although now I'm, I'm, uh, over 300 rides so I've really jumped in <laughs> yeah yeah you have uh, you know and I I would love to hear about your your medical journey because I know that's been a, a real challenge for you but before we dive into that I'm really curious about your take on moving from the app to moving to an actual Peloton bike because I see on the Peloton App Riders Unite page all the time people debating whether or not it's worth it to move to a Peloton bike because they have the Kaiser M3 and supposedly it's a great bike. And and when I say supposedly, I've just never ridden it, so I can't weigh in one way or another. But um but I know that the Peloton bike is amazing. And so I'm I'm just really curious from your perspective was it worth it? What was the main difference? And if you had to do it all over again, would you have still gone through the app route, the app route first? You know, I think there's actually arguments for both. And I, and I get sort of um, annoyed when I see people on either side, like I, cause I was a member of the app writer group on Facebook for a while. And I finally stopped because it was so much um, sort of trash talk against, against the Peloton owners. That, you know, the stupid people who are paying, you know, $2,000 for a bike that's 
maybe not even as good as some of the other bikes available and you have to pay twice as much per month for the membership and then you go on the Peloton page and everybody's trashing the app riders for not <laughs> having the official bike and that you know there's really I was doing well with my bike you know my old Kaiser it wasn't a fancy one um it was a, it's an older version that wasn't internet connected but still I could track my wattage and my cadence and resistance um and I was doing pretty well. So it was hard for me for a lot of reasons, but hard for me to justify, you know, I thought, oh, I have a pretty decent setup here. You know, it's, it's working decently well. And that, and that can be true for a lot of people. It's certainly a, a fair option for somebody that wants to stay in a, you know, on a budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, having seen the other side now, gotten the bike, I'll say I'm riding so much more. It's just, um, I, even for me as a, as a former instructor, uh, you know, I'm pretty self-motivated. I love spinning already. I understood how in my head to sort of convert their cues to a different, um, resistance measurement and all the things like I could handle that. I could see how, how somebody who didn't have that experience would really especially need the official Peloton bike to be able to follow everything and not have to struggle to convert and stuff. But yeah, um, absolutely. But, uh, you know, for me, just having the metrics right there, not having to convert them. And especially now being part of the, um, power zone pack and being able to program in my FTP score and, and seeing those zones right there. It's just, it's really motivating for me, the leaderboard. I'm, I'm competitive with myself, not with anybody in particular, but being able to gauge like, Oh, I'm kind of dropping or I'm climbing the leaderboard. I'm not chasing anybody particularly, but um, I didn't, I don't feel, I mean, it sounds sort of silly. I don't feel so alone, like all isolated by myself in my living room. It's nice to, to have that comparison, makes, even if, even it if it's on demand. Silly. Yeah, it does not sound silly. I totally get it. I mean, it, it changes. It, I mean, really, that's why I was asking you, because I know that's how I feel. But I was curious, since you, you've had both, I was curious, you know, if you felt that way. I mean, it's it's such a difference to be writing with other people on that leaderboard. Even even like you said, when it's on demand, there's just seeing people you know and and you know, those are your friends and they took a ride this morning and they're right there with you. You can see them on the leaderboard. It's just it's amazing. It just changes something. It does. So, you know, I think it's it it can be fine without it, but I really love my bike. So yeah, I missed it. I just went on, uh, I had to go out of town for a conference and had to ride on my, on my app and it was not the same. (laughs) No, it's, it's, it's never the same, I think, but, but I also understand. and, And it's a very valid point. If you can't, if you can't afford the bike or you just don't think that's a good purchase for you, I'm not knocking that at all. I, I just feel bad for people who can't afford it and are just on the fence and they're not sure and they they try to establish what makes the most sense for them and they hear these people saying you don't need it and and it's true like none of us need the bike it's an absolute luxury for any of us to have it but but if you want it and you can afford it i i cannot and i cannot imagine not taking the plunge if that's within your means and it works well within your lifestyle yeah i i 
I would agree. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm a ha- I'm definitely happy with my purchase. I will say though, there are some things I wish uh, I, I miss about my my Kaiser bike. I wish that the Peloton bike was a uh, magnetic resistance rather than chain so that I didn't have to worry about maintenance and stuff. So there, but there's tiny little things, but I'm super happy with my purchase and I ride it pretty much every day. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So do you, do you feel like, uh, like the stuff you just listed, is that the direct reason why you ride it more? Is there something else? Cause you said that you feel like you, you not that you feel that you are riding a lot more and I'm just curious if it's all those things combined or if there's something else that makes you like gravitate towards the bike more than when you were just using the app um it's it's just the program it's not the physical bike it's the prompts when you finish hey do you want to take a cool down ride or do you want to do this stretch class and then you see your and it's friends is kind of a stretch because a lot of times i don't <laughs> really it's, it's taken me a while to connect names leaderboard names to facebook pictures and stuff like that yeah so, yeah um i don't always know but just to to have those prompts and then join the then i join the power zone pack and have that whole regimen to follow and it's just I don't know. It hooks me in. The, the, whoever's in charge of the marketing or programming, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It's like they're upselling you, but not not out of money, but just into the next ride. Yeah, totally, totally. Class. They do. It's it's very effective. Um, I always feel guilty when I don't do one of the little things afterward when they're like, do you want to do one of these after the ride? Because right. <laughs> I always am like, oh, I really should do one more. <laughs> so will it, will it ever stop asking you? I, I think no. it only does it the one time. I thought it only did it the one time. I must not be as easily sucked in the second time because I don't even pay attention to them. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it doesn't after you do like a cool down stretch. I can't remember. I don't I don't know That's funny <laughs> It's like I remember The Wii used to be like You've been doing this For a while Maybe you should sit down Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think Peloton ever says that <laughs> I heard somebody Get a shout out Last night For 10,000 rides I oh, think it's I... the I think it's the The person that has Like um, I've checked out Their, their profile And uh, And I'm not trying To call anybody out So I'm not even Going to say What the profile is But uh, there, This person Is Constantly riding a ride and they're both on Demand like they're both app writers And they're riding from their bike so I Think they have multiple people riding that so Ah. it's Confusing but Uh uh, it's interesting Um but it It was cracking me up because it was 10,100 Rides so (laughs) um so can you can you tell us kind of about your your medical journey and the medical challenges? I know that that kind of played heavily into your decision to get the Peloton and 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 all your thoughts around that yeah. So like I mentioned, I um, had been teaching. I live in the Silicon Valley. I taught all over the place here. I was lucky enough. I started at my local YMCA, which is sort of my home base, but I was teaching at Google and Stanford University and I, I loved it. And then in 2013, I started um, having a cough that wouldn't wouldn't go away. I just thought I had a cold or some, you know, persistent cold that I couldn't shake and which was unusual for me. And I, I just kept ignoring it until finally I went to the doctor and got prescribed some cough syrup and some antibiotics and that didn't help. And so for a few months, I kept going back and forth with the doctor and they gave me 
um, uh, allergy meds and asthma meds, even though I had no history of allergy or asthma, just all these things because I was a 40-year-old, really fit person with no um, obvious risk factors for lung cancer. And so nobody tested me until I was like having night sweats and high fevers and barely able to coughing so much. I broke three ribs and it was a mess. And so finally I got myself to a pulmonologist in January of 2014 and, and he did a CT scan. Um, and he barely, he almost didn't do that. I still looked really healthy. I had taught a spin class just, um, about 10 days prior at this, actually this really cool, this high end gym around here that had this thing called my ride where they, they did like the scenic rides that you can get on Peloton where they project a, anyway, that's just taught this really cool class. And so I walked into the doctor's office, even though I felt pretty crappy, I looked good and he almost sent me home until he said you know i just want to check one thing and he hooked me up to an oximeter just that thing on your finger that measures the oxygen level in your blood and and took took me on a walk around the hallways of his office and saw that my oxygen level just plummeted like um apparently alarmingly so so he sent me immediately downstairs for a ct that minute and then when they saw the results of the ct this is never a good sign. Just warning people out there when the CT person, the tech comes in and says, the doctor would like you back up in his office right now. So yeah, going, they, going to the office is never, it's like being in grade school, getting called to the yeah. office is never. <laughs> it's going to be like, bad right? news. Yeah. <laughs> so they marched me right back from the CT scan, right back upstairs and said, we need to, um, do a biopsy and still nobody said lung cancer. It was the furthest thing from my mind. I was never, um, like I said, I had no risk factors, including I'd never, never smoked, never lived or worked with smokers or anything. So it never came into my mind. I never even knew anybody with lung cancer, at least nobody close to me. So, um, he said, we need to do a biopsy, but he really downplayed it. He said, you know, it might be something called sarcoidosis. I just want to check this out. So we're going to schedule it. Um, as soon as possible. So that was a Friday. So I couldn't get in until the next week. So we did the biopsy the next week. And again, I went in and like, I dropped my kids off at school. It was no big deal. Outpatient thing. My husband wasn't even there. And, um, and I went in for this biopsy. And when I woke up, um, I, my lung had partially collapsed in the, in the procedure and I was on oxygen and they wheeled me up to the ICU and they told me I had stage four lung cancer. So, whoa. Yeah. So, um, I guess I want to back up a minute just to ask a question about like, how were you teaching a spin class if with you were your, your, with the cough and and low oxygen low, in your and blood? Be, and, it sounds like like just walking around their offices was kicking your ass. How how were you doing a spin teaching a spin class? Um, I there was a weird confluence of events, which was I was trying to become a better instructor. I was I was super into it, as I said. I taught all the time, and I was going to conferences and learning from like master trainers. And so they had taught me 
that, you know, teaching isn't for you, it's for the, the student. So, you know, you get a workout while you're teaching, but you should be more of a coach. And so stop pedaling sometimes and stand up on your pedals or get off the bike and walk around the room. So it was kind of an unfortunate thing that I had been dabbling with this new style of teaching uh, where I would take breaks and okay. get, off, gotcha. get off the bike sometimes. and want, So I was doing that. You know, I'd cue everybody for an interval or whatever it was, and I would stop. <laughs> sure. Sure. But, um, yeah, I was struggling. I mean, I definitely remember the cough was annoying. I kept having to pull the mic away from my face and stuff. So... Uh, it was starting to interfere, but also my lung capacity was really robust because of so many years of teaching. So I think that masked, uh, you know, I potentially got further along in the disease before I noticed because of my lung capacity. Yeah, that like 50% for you is like 80% for a regular person. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 That makes sense. So. Okay, so you're sitting in ICU and they just tell you, okay, well, you have stage four lung cancer. What What do you even do with that? I mean, I didn't even know what that meant. It was crazy. And they said, you know, it's so urgent that we're going to start chemotherapy tomorrow. They just had to do a bunch of staging. They had to bring me for like a bone scan and some other scans to set the the baselines for everything. And then they literally brought the chemo infusion into the ICU and started me right then and there. Whoa. I, didn't even, Whoa. I didn't even have time to get second opinions or research anything. I was too afraid at that point, thank goodness, to Google it because the results, if you Google stage four lung cancer, are terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> um, I bet. Sure. Yeah. It's like a 2% survival rate. So, um, so it took me a few weeks to get my bearings and learn a little bit about what that even meant, but right then and there i was just focusing on getting through the chemo yeah and how long did they have you on chemo then so i did the i was on chemo for about eight months the first half of that was really intense these like 10 to 12 hour infusions um that made me really really sick and then they put me on something called maintenance chemo where they took out the toughest uh toughest one to tolerate and then continued me on that for a while until I became resistant or my cancer became resistant. And then luckily I had found out earlier on in my diagnosis that my cancer had tested positive for something called ROS1. So one of the messages I'd love to get out there is for anybody with any kind of cancer to push your doctor to get genetic testing, genetic testing of your cancer. So this isn't about inherited genetic mutations this is about every kind of cancer is a it something's gone wrong in the cells they've mutated or fused or behaved in a way they shouldn't and that has a marker and they can test for that mine my driver of my cancer was a marker called ROS1 and it had a targeted therapy a medication associated with it so it's really really important that people insist on getting their biopsies sent out for genetic testing to find out if they're eligible for one of these targeted therapies. Because as soon as I switch from chemo to this targeted therapy, which is a pill I take twice a day, um, my life was so much better. It's not, it's not a cure. It suppresses the cancer. It doesn't kill it like chemotherapy. So chemotherapy kills 
everything. It's like a carpet bomb. And right. targeted ther- targeted therapy is just this little molecule that's in this pill that I swallow, and it goes and sort of blocks the the misbehaving gene. And at some point, the gene figures a way around it. Or I, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to try to explain that. But <laughs> um, so for most people, though, uh, these pills. They work for different amounts of time. The one I'm on typically works for people about a year or two, but luckily, Knockwood, I've been on it for over uh, four years, almost four and a half years now. So I've been I've been really lucky, and it's really to- it's so much more tolerable than chemotherapy. So I'm I've been living a pretty good life on it. Well, that's amazing. That, I'm, that I'm so glad that you have never heard of that. No, and I was going to ask: Is that something that, like you said, you know, fight for that? Is that something that insurance companies, or or at least in your experience, did the insurance company agree to pay for that? Because it sounds like something they would fight big time. So yeah, in fact, I got really lucky that I didn't even act, like I said, I didn't know anything. I didn't even know I was being tested for lung cancer. To tell you the truth, when I went in there, and so I didn't even know to ask for that but my hospital as a matter of course sent out biopsy lung cancer biopsies for genetic testing now this is just a community hospital but a community hospital in the silicon valley that's pretty high tech so i was i was thinking that exactly oh you're in silicon valley they're like oh cancer we have an app for that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah so the you know the less sophisticated community hospitals out there will not be doing this necessarily as a matter of course, but insurance should be paying for a lot of it. It's definitely uh, important to ask um, if your hospital, your doctor is going to do it and um, how you can get, get insurance to cover it because it should be, it should be covered for a lot of people. And even if it's not um, a lot of these organizations um, or not organization companies that do the genetic testing will help you out. Like for example, foundation medicine, I think they're based in Boston. I've heard for people that they're ins- didn't have insurance coverage, uh, the test normally costs a few thousand dollars, but, uh, they have a program where patients just pay 100, I think it's $100, maybe $200, whatever, anything in that ballpark is definitely worth your dollars to pay personally a hundred or 200 bucks it could change your life absolutely. yeah absolutely i mean that's it, it sounds like such a huge quality of life difference for you in the last four four and a half years that i'm sure if you had to go back and pay for that over again you would <laughs> gladly pay that totally yeah so while it's working to suppress it, it are there are there other things that that you're supposed to do or is that just you just kind of ride this as long as it Yeah. So I go for scans. I'm going for one this week, um, every three months still. Um, and I get my lab work done every month. They, they keep track of various markers and things. Um, as for Western medicine, that's all I'm supposed to be doing is just taking this pill twice a day until I need to change something. Um, but I also do a bunch of other stuff on the side, just uh, trying to keep myself healthy. And who knows if that's the reason that I've been able to last on this med longer or not. It may have nothing to do with it, but I take a bunch of supplements. I go to acupuncture. I, you know, I exercise. I try to eat pretty healthy and all those things. 
Well, they, they certainly can't be hurting. Right. So, yeah. Why? I mean, if anything that you can do to increase your your body's ability to get better yeah you should right. do that <laughs> it's like yeah. it gives if, if you're if you're healthy then that's one less thing your body has to to fight off to fight you know it's like <laughs> it's like fighting a war you don't want to have two fronts right you know yeah yeah exactly and maybe i call it, who was the, the name of your last guest i forget the shaman but i'll i'll take that too i'll need oh. some shaman energy <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, Slim is Slim. Yeah, uh, that's right. Slim Chandra Shakar. Very good. I was like, oh, I hope I say his last name right. Yeah. It's, it's a toughie. For us, anyway. Yeah, for yeah. us. Yeah, he would be able to say his name yes. correctly. In India, it's like Smith. Yeah. It wouldn't be a problem at all. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, he's, yeah, maybe he can send out some positive, positive shamanic energy your way. Yeah. So. I will take it. So how how did this all kind of play into your decision to get the Peloton? Well, so, I mean, honestly, I was a little, and I still sometimes have questions. I worry, you know, I worked out so hard so many days a week for so many years. And I thought, you know, how, and then I met a bunch of other young, younger lung cancer patients you know, I mean, I was 40. It's not super young, but by lung cancer standards, it is. Absolutely. Um, sure. And then I met people diagnosed in their 20s and I in 20s and 30s. And a lot of them were really, really fit, you know, college athletes, marathon runners, mountain climbers, things like that. And I thought, what is going on here? You know, and I was a little scared to work out hard for a while. I thought maybe there's some connection to straining your your um breathing system i mean i'm not i don't know what to call it but cardiovascular system that is putting some too much um demand and i don't know what i was just afraid for a while so i took it really easy for the first few years and then i really missed working out hard i i gotta hit that uh endorphin high otherwise i'm just miserable <laughs> so my, my totally husband likes it. to go on hikes and he likes to like stop and take pictures and enjoy and i'm like either we're going or we're not like i, gotta work. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand oh my gosh it was like when my kids were or when my daughter especially was super little and we would go for walks i would just be like come on pick it up let's go <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i can't help myself so yeah, so I just finally decided at some point, like, I actually, I know this is going to sound demented to a lot of people out there, but I miss spinning, like, working out really hard on the bike, and I just couldn't deny myself anymore. Like, I really wanted to do it. It's not a punishment. It was a reward, so I decided to to go for it um, with the app and then, and then the bike, but I was... Um, I was nervous, you know, I wrote a blog post about this. I have a, I have a blog called every breath I take that I started when I was, um, just a few weeks after I was diagnosed. And I, I recently posted after I bought my Peloton bike that I was, I was nervous to spend the money because when you're diagnosed with something like this, it feels like you never know when the other shoe is going to drop. And it's really hard to invest in yourself besides the fact that cancer is expensive. Um, you know, I, and on top of all the medical bills, and then, like I said, I'm, pay- I'm buying all these supplements and paying for acupuncture and whatever else um, that we've had to do um, to 
accommodate me in the household. It's just, it's been, and my husband went part-time for a, a while to help take care of me when our family was kind of turned upside down. So it was just, it was hard to justify spending the money on myself for the bike, but I went on to the cancer warrior Peloton cancer warriors group. And I just said, should I do this? And they were really encouraging. And I remember one person posted and she has a brain tumor and she said, you know, I get on that bike every day and I feel like a healthy person rather than sick person. And I visualize myself riding away from the cancer. And I thought that's, that's incredible. So that clinched it for me. And I just, picked up the phone and called and, and called in my order. They knew me well at the Peloton um, showroom here in Palo Alto. And they've been waiting. <laughs> they've been waiting. I'd gone in for my hundredth ride and my 200th ride. And I kept promising, like, I'm going to buy the bike. I promise. Don't kick me out of here. And they kept, like, okay, you know, sure you are. And finally, said, all right, do it. Place the order. <laughs> so who got the referral code that's what everybody wants to know who'd you get it to i i did it on black friday so i got their special and you can't stack the referral code yes. so i disappointed a lot of people gotcha <laughs> but you also kept from having to choose one right person, i think so, yeah. that's, you know, the right, that's pretty smart yeah, actually that's the right call because you, you'd it's better to disappoint everybody than to pick a winner yeah and then <laughs> Everybody gets mad. That's true. That's true. So well done. Yeah. Well done. I like how you just kind of slid right through there. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's not a, that, see, that's probably a problem that's unique to app riders because when most people are buying a bike or a tread now, like they, they, they're new to the world of Peloton. And they so, have no idea. So they maybe have one friend who rides. Oh, I just give it to them, whatever. But it's like right. if you've been on the app for a while, you've been in the community, you've developed relationships, and now you're like, I'm going to pull the trigger. Then everybody's like, everybody's like, well, then. Go. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never gotten a referral code. To tell you the truth, I don't even know where my code is. Because every time somebody asks, like, by the time I see it, there's 12 people that have already given their codes out. What, what you I'm have to do is you have to keep it on a note on your phone. That's what you got to oh. do. <laughs> not that I not that, not you, that I would ever yeah. do that. You know, <laughs> I'm surprised you just don't have a committed to memory like it's, your social security it number. It kind of is now, yeah. actually. But we were, we were before we did this, we were meeting with uh, our 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 the person who does our taxes, and she actually where it said write down your social security number, she wrote down her referral code by accident. So did not stop. <laughs> Uh, well, good for you. That's how you get to have all those spending sprees on the on the uh, boutique. <laughs> you're you're not so, wrong. Some of them, uh, most of them, <laughs> a couple of them. <laughs> well, obviously, you don't you don't regret your purchase. You sound very happy with your purchase. Oh, I love it. No, I I'm totally a cult member. I tell everybody everywhere about how much I love it. I like I said, I went away for about five days last week and I was in withdrawals and I came home and like hugged my bike before I hugged my kids. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> So I, this is something I just don't know the answer to. So forgive my ignorance. But if if you you were diagnosed with stage four, how does it work with your on this medicine? Like, is there ever a time you go backwards? Like, is it like you can go back to stage three or do you just like, is no. there, what's the path forward? No. 
don't believe me. I asked my doctor that a lot of times. <laughs> He's like, no, you don't get to go backwards from stage four once you're diagnosed as stage four. The the presupposition with stage four is, you know, it's gotten out, it's spread. And so once it's in the bloodstream, they don't know where it's gone. So even though a scan might show nothing, like right now my scans, if you didn't know my history, you wouldn't diagnose me. There's a few little spots here or there that they're not sure if it's um, necrotic tissue or scar tissue or whatever. Um, but it doesn't look like lung cancer. Nothing's lighting up on the PET scans and stuff. Um, but the, so right now it seems like nothing's going on, but the presupposition is that there's, that it's there. It's just lurking below what the scan can detect because it, you have to have like, I forget what it is. If it's a millimeter or a centimeter of, of like a tumor in order for a scan to catch it. And by that point, that's like billions of cells. So, um, yeah. So no, I don't get to go backwards, but hopefully, I mean, we're working, I'm doing a lot of, I've gotten really into advocacy work and trying to get a lot more research because lung cancer is kind of weird. It's the number one cancer killer by a mile. Like it kills more than the next four or five cancers combined. Um, But it gets very little love in terms of funding from the government or from private institutions, just because it's got such a stigma around it. It's kind of the stepchild. Well, so, I guess because of its association with tobacco. Yeah, I guess, but, they feel, I, I, yeah, I guess they feel most people like, well, you shouldn't have smoked then. Right. Yeah. right. But, but like with, in your situation, you didn't and you've met so many people that haven't. Do, yeah. they, do they is there even a theory of how it occurred? They don't know. It's about 20 percent of lung cancer patients today have never smoked and they have no understanding of why there's just starting now in the last few years like last couple years that they're starting to research that but previous they just ignored it basically wow i mean my my dad died from lung cancer and he wasn't a smoker he had smoked in his you know teens and early 20s but i mean he's been dead for four four or five years and i i uh and i'm four i'm he guys, so I guess he died when I was like forty five. I never saw. I he never smoked a cigarette in my life that I'm aware of. So it's like you know he had surely stopped right. for a, like decades upon decades. Um, and yeah, like that means you know that's the that's the other statistic. So they say about uh, close to twenty percent have never smoked, and another sixty percent are former smokers, many of which have quit decades prior. But as soon as you check off the I've smoked even a little bit on the form. Then you're put in the smoker, smoker. box. But yeah, yeah, I think that there is a lot of people that have like a tiny bit of smoking history decades prior that may have absolutely nothing to do with their lung cancer case. But because of the stigma and stuff, they just right. ignored. Huh. Yeah. That's really that's really sad. Um, is there is there some kind of like a link that we can educate people about the, the research that you're helping to advocate for? Oh, well, my, the thing I'm doing um, is very specific to the ROS1 positive cancer, which occurs, it's most often found in lung cancer, but it occurs in like at least a dozen other cancers. So I have a website called ROS1cancer.com. I, along with a few other ROS1 patients and, um, 
you can find out all kinds of information. So should anybody out there get genetic or genomic testing of their cancer and find out they're Rosslyn positive, they should definitely go to that website to find out more. Um, for lung cancer in general, there are a bunch of great websites. The organization I work the most with is called, um, their, their website is just lungcancerfoundation.org. Um, there's also an organization called Longevity. So those two are probably the top two lung cancer organizations that offer information about uh, what to do when you're diagnosed and specialists that you might see. And they also offer patient support. Um, one of them, the, the lungcancerfoundation.org has a monthly um, uh, like virtual support group where they broadcast online and you can hear people, uh, they bring in specialists to talk. And so there's, there's some great resources between the two of those organizations. I'd just like to say longevity is a great name. It just is. Yeah. tip. <laughs> like, I was like, the marketing nice. person in you. Yeah, I was like, nice. That's a good. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Whoever came up with that hat tip. <laughs> hat tip to him or her. I. Yeah. Uh, it. You know, it also sounds uh, like your treatment is very similar to how they treat HIV these days. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm sure the the sciency part of it is very different, but the end result is that like. It's super suppressed. It's still there. And if you were to get tested, like it wouldn't show up like you have what right. they say. No, yeah. you have no yeah. what they say, say viral load, which right. is a weird thing to say. Like it they should have yeah. came up with a different they definitely name for that. Like scientists, so they didn't think about right. how that Yeah, sounded. totally. But like, um, but uh, um, but yeah, like it just that, that I just kept thinking the when you're describing it, it sounds very similar to, you know, like, you know, that that's how they handle that these days that it's the it's not about it's not about eradicating it as much as just like pushing it down as much as they can yeah yeah definitely i think i i kind of lost the train of my thought but the goal is to turn it less to find a cure and more to turn it into what they call a chronically managed disease so yeah hopefully after this medication they'll develop something else that I can take and something, you know, so it's just keep kicking the can down the road. So that's, that's what I can kind of realistically hope for. Well, and And I can't help. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) I was going to say, and then unrealistically, I do hope for a cure. (laughs) Well, sure. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how can you not, you know, you hear all sorts of crazy things like good, crazy. Yeah. Uh, Just about like with like CRISPR. I don't know if you've ever read anything on that. Like it's like, you know, like you just, it does feel like maybe not our kids, but maybe our kids, kids will look back at like, you used to cut people open and swap out organs. That's crazy. Right. It's, right. You know, it's going to sound like leeches to them, yeah. you know, or bloodlettings. <laughs> like it's, you know, be like, that's crazy. Why would you do that? That's gross. You're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem barbaric when they're, you know, putting that chemo in your veins you think what am i doing this is and they, you know the nurses have to like put double gloves on and everybody's warned to re- you know warned not to touch anything and you can't touch your kids when you go home but meanwhile they're like putting it directly into your veins you think, what right. is happening yeah that does seem pretty backwards you know but i mean <laughs> i get i guess the alternative is even worse so yeah. you right. know yeah uh, yeah for sure yeah i mean i'm grateful the chemo you know held me 
stable long enough to switch to this next med. So I just glad that uh, this med is a lot more tolerable. Yeah, totally. And I, I can't help but think that your super healthy lifestyle is helping you is 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 aiding in the in what the medicine's doing. I know. I know when we talked to Susie Barris, who had um, brain cancer, uh, she told us that um, they had they had done studies, but like the studies weren't complete. But there had been promising research that that exercise and eating healthy really did help with getting rid of the cancer. Like it helped, you know, reduce it. So um I don't I don't know if that's specific to brain cancer or the type of brain cancer she had. But regardless, if you're doing things that make you feel better, that in and of itself has got to be helping you along in the right direction. Absolutely. The only thing I would caution is it's easy to fall into this trap. I mean, I've seen so many patients, including myself initially, who put so much pressure like, oh, my God, you know, how did this happen? And what did I do wrong? And how can I be perfect to make it better? And then you end up just living this miserable life where you won't eat any sugar and you won't, sure. you know, touch a glass of wine. And it's just you have to find a balance, like obviously eat healthy and don't eat sugar all day long or whatever. But um, but they don't know why cancer occurs in most people. And it probably had nothing to do. I, I think being healthy helps, like you said, tolerate the treatments. Um, and and live a healthier life. All these things reduce risk, um, but there is no. It could have been just something in the in the air, or just a bad luck. And so, to make yourself just absolutely miserable and put all this blame and pressure on yourself, I just it, it breaks my heart when I see patients do that. You know, kind of issuing all pleasure. I think that's yeah. an excellent point, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. I could see me being that person. I would be like, "Well, I'm going to do everything perfectly from now on." Yeah, you're going to be like, "I'll have three spinach leaves a day." Yes, and, <laughs> yeah. I would totally do that, and then I would not be able to sustain it, and then feel miserable right. because I wasn't able to. Yeah. So I think that's a really good point to mention. And I, I guess it, too, I think some of that's probably driven by the fact that you have to. The 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 feeling of loss of control just has to be immeasurable, and yeah. you know, and so I'm sure a lot of people are just they're looking for something they can control. Also, in regards exactly. to this, and you know, exactly, yeah, yeah, you just got to find the happy medium. I mean, on the other hand, doctors, especially, well, I don't know, especially oncologists, but doctors don't get any nutrition training. So I remember when I was really struggling with a lot of nausea and wasn't keeping food down, was losing weight. And, um, and the doctor said, just eat whatever you want. Go get an ice cream sundae. And I thought, well, that can't be right either. <laughs> hey, maybe I should stop listening to this guy. What is that about? <laughs> well, Lisa, what is your uh, leaderboard name and how did you come up with it? So my leaderboard name, first it started out, I was so uninspired. I just used my name. And uh, I have to tell you a story in a bit about... Um, getting a shout out with that but um but i switched it when i got a clue to lung strong lisa and nice. I, I did that in part because so i i mentioned i go for acupuncture and when uh, and my acupuncturist is kind of um uh oh i forgot what it is and uh, she's um 
whatever. She's into meditation. I forget that like sort of, re- it's not even religion, but like Buddhist practice or whatever she's doing. She said, you, know, you have to have some kind of mantra that you repeat to yourself because she puts the needles in and I'm lying on the table. Am I freaking you out yet, Tom? <laughs> my mantra would be please stop please stop please stop not there um, so she said you have to have a positive mantra and don't um, don't use the cancer word in it because that's what your brain will be repeating to itself even if you're saying like no cancer it's sort of like I don't know if you know if you heard this when you were raising your toddlers but instead of saying you know, don't throw on the floor because then the kids only hear the what comes throw after the, the don't. <laughs> you yeah. have to yeah. switch it out to a positive, like keep your food on the table. So she said, don't say no cancer, cancer free. She said, come up with something positive. So she said, you know, think my lungs are clear. My lungs are clear. And so when I was coming up with a leaderboard, I thought I got to come up with something positive that I want to see every time. So that's how I came up with Lung Strong Lisa. So just keeping a nice positive image in mind when i see it on there so that was a good idea and Uh, and it's clearly true like (laughs) your lungs were so strong that like they were beating back i mean they were they were suppressing the symptoms of lung cancer that's true yeah that's true yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah but i was just gonna tell you really quickly when i um when i was an app writer and i would hear people this is back in the day before you couldn't see the app writers. They've changed that now. But um, uh, I heard all these shout outs and I was, I had fallen in love with Robin by that time. I was a loyal Robin writer and I was just like, Oh, I want to, I want to be one of the cool kids and get a shout out. I was so desperate for one, but I didn't have any concept <laughs> of like how difficult those were to get. And, <laughs> and, and so I just wrote Robin. I found her email, I don't know, somewhere online. And I said, hey, Robin, you know, this is who I am. And I'm going to be writing it on demand because uh, I'm just an app writer. Uh, but if you could give me a shout, you know, I was just so bold. I was like, give me a shout out and make my day. And, and she was like, well, I'll see what I can do. But she actually did give me a shout out. And this was on a live DJ ride. So one of her like super popular. I can't believe I did that now. <laughs> I think that's awesome. that's awesome. I think more people should just do that and just say what they would like. I mean, I am not instructing or suggesting that anybody start emailing the instructors because then they will make sure that we'll never find their email addresses again. <laughs> so please do not do that. But I mean, I do think it's a great idea to reach out to the instructors and just say, hey, I have this going on and I would like to get a shout out because I think some people just expect the uh, instructors to be mind readers and and know that something is super important to them. And there's only so many people you can get to a shout out on on in, on any given ride. So yeah. I think it's cool that you did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Especially Robin, because she's she's pretty known for um, being very selective with her communications to people. So congrats for getting in on that. <laughs> you ran yeah. the gauntlet. <laughs> yes, well, I, it's kind know, of what I you do. The, the cancer card, as they say. Sometimes sometimes it comes in handy Yeah I feel like if you have cancer You get to use that Like, I think that's okay (laughs) 
I was thinking, it, it, it reminds me of before I met you. I like I had the single dad card. Yeah, you did. Like that. Like I could play that all the time. Oh my well, gosh. I'm just raising two boys all by myself, and the teachers would be like, "Well, okay, yeah, I like can figure he, out if, a way to get you into this conference. You forgot to email back. Yeah, about. yeah, he got to use that all the time. <laughs> oh, it worked so good. And then and then I show up, and I'm like, "You did what now? Yeah, worked like a charm. <laughs> and I'm like, huh? That's interesting. It doesn't work like that for single moms. Yeah, so. the novelty of that has gone away. Like that ended around eighty seven. Yeah, but the single dad thing, man. Yeah, that's still that's still alive and well. Kills it, at man. least here it in the Midwest. It. Yeah, they, yeah. They, of course, on the flip side, nobody believes. Like every, everything was like you know. Well, where's the mom? The mom needs to agree to this, and I'm like, the mom's not allowed to agree to it. Like it's like I can't. yeah, I can't tell you how many conversations I've sat in on where it's like, no, no, really, yeah. she gets zero say. Yeah, here's no, the paperwork. my paperwork's on file. <laughs> like it's for the fifth time. Like I would carry it in my glove compartment because I would get called on it so much. It's but kind of funny. Wow. That's a whole other story. Yeah, so. we got way off. Of yes, the sorry. So, uh, uh, so what advice do you have for people that are either just starting out on Peloton or maybe? Uh, uh, more appropriate for yourself, people that uh, are are app writers and aren't sure if they should take the the, the plunge. Um. Well, uh, for the app writers, I would say just go into the store a few times. Be shameless like I did. Just keep going back because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can necessarily fully grasp it all just on your first ride, just figuring out where everything is. You have to ride the bike a few times to get a feel for what it means to ha- and have and make sure you've um, not friended, but whatever it is where you have followers and stuff, have people follow you so that when you get on and try the bike, you can experience what it's like to see people on the leaderboard and sort by who, who you're following and high five people and stuff like that to get the full experience um, so that's my recommendation for app writers to see if it's something that's going to motivate you. Um, that's a great piece of advice that yeah. I think I think only a previous app writer could even think to recommend. Absolutely, very good advice. Sorry, go ahead with the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> but now well, you set the bar really high, so this better be really good. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> I don't know if I have anything um, for regular writers. I mean, I was so gung-ho from being um, such a fan of spinning in general that I really jumped right in uh, and loved it. So uh, I would say also, and other people on your podcast have said this before, find your tribes online. It really makes a difference. I kind of haven't settled. I dabble in a bunch of them. I'm on Power Zone, and I'm on the mom group, and I'm on the cancer group, and a few others out there, and I I, um, I, I haven't really just de- de- declared loyalty to one yet. I don't know if I should do that. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I'd build sort of more solid relationships. I feel a little bit um, isolated. I don't know if you feel like this, Crystal, not being on the East Coast, but it, it feels a little bit like there's the Cool Kids Club on the East Coast where those kids can go into the 
and into the studio and meet people in person occasionally. And, oh, and heck yeah. I that, this podcast that. is is what helps with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like I I got to do something to insert myself since I can't I can't yeah. just run to the studio every time I want to. So it's like, OK, well, let me talk to some people that work at Peloton and see if I can still feel like I'm connected. I mean, that's that's yes, that is. I totally feel that way. And it's funny that you say Cool Kids Club because one, I say that all the time. He does. And, and when discussing like which guests to have on and whatnot about like, oh, we need to make sure that we're not just like focusing on. We want to have the obvious guests, of course, but but we don't want to just have the obvious guests. And so like we try to like, you know, like not fall into the trap of it being a cool kids club you right know? exactly yeah. we don't want to we don't want to just feature people who uh have always been front and center of the community uh, because they they've we want to feature them but we also want to feature people who haven't had a chance to you know get get their voice heard from the rest of the community just because it's so huge at this right. point it's a lot harder to be front and center of the community than it used to be so yeah yeah definitely i i have you gotten to go to the studio I haven't, but I'm going in March. Or today, oh. It is March. Sorry. I'm going this month <laughs> in a few weeks. Um, <laughs> my, um, yeah, my husband has a conference, and so I get to tag along to New York City. And I haven't even figured out, I need to do the research, like how do I buy my tickets and make my appointments or reservations or whatever it is. So I need, I'm so excited. Okay, well, yeah. what you need to do is you need to call the studio and you need to tell them you're coming from out of town and then you need to tell them what date you're looking at and see if they can help you book anything. Um, and then uh, the the actual classes don't open too far in advance, but sometimes when you're coming in from out of town, they will help you, you know, they'll help you get set up. Oh, cool. Okay, I will do that then. Yes, and um, there's a lot of there's a lot of just walk in stuff that you can do. The freebies, the thirty and twenty minute classes in the middle of the day, you cannot sign up for those ahead of time. So uh, you would just want to make sure that you get there early so that you can you can snag a bike. Um, and of course, visit the Tread Studio while you're there. It, you got to at least check it out. And the yoga studio. Yeah. Can't do it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. My husband's like, "What do you want to do in New York? Do you want to go? You know, to the world." Trade center, you know, do you want to go to the Statue of Liberty? I was like, no, I just want to go to Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand. <laughs> well, we've always been told we've we we did a week in New York with the kids, and so we did all the touristy stuff. Yes, we did. And uh, but we've always been told that like the Statue of Liberty is not worth it. Like you don't like because it's on an island. Like you have to take a boat to get to the island And then you have to wait forever to go up In it and then once you're done Now all those people have to leave that Island so you like it's like It takes you like The whole day yeah and then once you're Inside of it like you really don't have A view of it you can't really see it Because you're inside of it (laughs) yeah but what we Were always told is to do the ferry the boat Ferry outside yeah and we did That and at night and it's super cool There's all sorts of like boat rides you can take That they're not expensive at all and And uh um and You can see and then you can see it You know what I mean so like like I Don't think it's worth Actually going to yeah. 
Ellis Island and going up inside it, it. It just it just takes so long. Everybody I've talked to said it's like it's your whole day. Yeah, you will do right. nothing else that day. But I definitely think you should do the the nine eleven memorial because well, it will make you ball and it's amazing and it's very powerful, very powerful. Yeah, yeah it's I it's it, I it's a a really cool thing that you'll probably only ever do once. Yeah, like it's it's gut wrenching and it's really cool. I mean, as cool as that, that sounds weird. Yeah, to it say, does sound weird, but I know exactly what you mean. It's very well done. And, uh, but yeah, like you get out of there and you're just like, okay, let's, yeah, uh, yeah, like and everything else, just now let's go to Rockefeller Center. Right. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> that seems important. <laughs> yeah, plan something wow. fun if you go yeah. do that. Plan something really fun right after. Yeah. Maybe a Peloton ride. Maybe right, yeah, something to, <laughs> to get your mind. It's, I, all I can think of. I always compare it to like I have these movies that are like great movies that you'll you'll never watch again. You know, because they're so sad. Right. They're so sad. So like Schindler's List or Requiem for a Dream. Like they're really good movies. But I'm like, I don't know that I could do it twice. Like yeah. it's right. Yeah. I saw Schindler's List twice in the theater because I was like, I don't know that I'll ever sit down again. So I'm going to go to a movie theater because I can't distract myself. Like, I'm going to go watch it again, like purposefully, you know, you weren't like Seinfeld and you missed the first one because you were making out. No. Did you, no. Did you see no, that Seinfeld? I did. It's a great one, but I don't got I don't got that kind of game. <laughs> that, that is a lot of game to make out during Schindler's List. I have to confess. Yeah, that's that's, that's true. That's a whole lot. That's yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, I guess before we go, uh, where can people find you if you would like to be found? Um. Well, before I give you that, I just want to, I can't help uh, myself because I'm so oh, deep in advocacy. I just want to give a couple messages about lung cancer, which is obviously one is um, that it can happen to anybody that, you know, all you need are lungs. So um, if you have an unexplained cough or um, symptoms that are troubling you, you know, push, push your doctor a little bit. You had... Um, that amazing guy, the cardiologist slash fireman on the other week. And I, I mean, this is no disrespect to, to him or doctors whom I owe my life to. I love doctors. But when he said he had the, the mug that said, you know, don't confuse your Google search with my medical degree, it, it <laughs> kind of it was like nails on a chalkboard to me because patients really need to um take matters into their own hands sometimes. Doctors are overworked. And as they discover more about these diseases, especially in oncology, I don't know about cardiology, but in oncology, they're finding all these gene mutations and having very specific drugs that it's exploded. And there's no way for doctors to know everything. So hit Google, definitely search Google and take it with a grain of salt, but educate yourself, advocate for yourself and push a little bit. Um, and, and if you do have risk factors, if you are a former smoker, there is something called lung cancer screening that um, is approved by insurances and Medicare and everything, and it's not being used. It's like 4% of the eligible people for screening are getting it done or something, and it's more effective than any other type of screening, like colonoscopies or, or um, mammograms. So people that have risk factors like a, a strong history of smoking need to talk to their doctor to get screening because if you catch it early the prognosis is so much better 
And there's just a lot more hope in the lung cancer space now than there was 10 years ago. It's just really exploded. There's there's many, many more treatments available than there used to be. So I just want people to be hopeful and proactive and, and take care of themselves. So, all right, now that I've I've gotten off my soapbox. <laughs> Thanks for the. Thank you for minutes. sharing that. Yeah, yes, thank absolutely. you for sharing. That's all very good advice. And 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 like anything, it's a balance, right? I mean, right. I, I definitely think you should. I am a very huge proponent of advocating for yourself and educating yourself. Doctors do not know everything, so absolutely yeah. true. Um. So if you want to find me, my um, my. Twitter handle is at Goldman Lisa, G-O-L-D-M-A-N-L-I-S-A. And my blog is Every Breath I Take. But you can find the URL for that is lisa.ericgoldman, Eric with a C-E-R-I-C, goldman.org. Or you can just Google Lisa Goldman lung cancer and it will probably come up. And on Facebook, I'm just Lisa Goldman. And my, um, my leaderboard name is Lung Strong Lisa. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. Yes, thank you very, very much. Thank you for having me. Thanks, and, and thanks so much for this podcast. I love it, and I'm a subscriber. Aww, thank, <laughs> thank you. you. <laughs> we appreciate the support. We do. <laughs> Here's today's recipe for success. So do we have a recipe? We have an idea. Okay. So Lisa said that she had a whole bunch of recipes that Tom would, quote, hate, hate, hate. But I find it hard to remember and use the recipes that you mentioned on the podcast because it's hard to remember recipes from a podcast. Right. So instead of a recipe, she suggested an idea. Okay. Take Trader Joe's everything but the bagel seasoning and mix it into plain Greek yogurt. Just mix it into taste, no measurements. It makes sort of a healthy version of combine the Lipton's onion soup mix into sour cream deal that my grandma used to do. Use this dip with carrots or crackers or whatever you like. Vegans can try this with non-dairy yogurt, but if that is an appeal, I love putting everything but the bagel spice avocado toast too. Enjoy. I thought that was a great idea. Sure. I like it. Okay. So uh, I guess that brings this one to a close. What, pray tell, do you have in store for people next week? Huh. Let's see. It's episode 100, Tom. Oh, 100 is here. It is. Hooray. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, we had an interview with Christina. She had she was great, and she asked us a ton of questions that you guys all submitted. Yes, people said that they would like to hear from us. Yeah. On the 100th episode They would like us to be interviewed So the, the tables have turned next week And uh, we will be interviewed So in case you just can't get enough of us And if you can get enough of us Then this is probably not going to be your favorite episode That's true Because there's going to be a whole lot of us You're going to be like freebasing us <laughs> next week A whole lot of us So uh, you have that to look forward to We'll see. We will see. Yeah. So until be, be nice on the reviews. <laughs> so until then, where can people find you? People can find me at facebook.com slash crystal D O'Keefe. They can find me on Instagram or Twitter on the bike. And of course, on the tread at clip out crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. And you can find the show online at facebook.com slash the clip out. And also don't forget we're available on Apple podcasts. You can go there right with you subscribe and uh yeah do all that our website theclipout.com i don't know that's it for this one thanks for tuning in and until next time keep pedaling and running you in, set yourself free come on
Let's see.